Well, all right. Welcome, welcome. We are on our third week of a series we started three weeks ago called The Race is On. And what we've uh, been discussing, if you have not been here, just a reminder, we've been talking about the idea that the, the Christian life, excuse me, the Bible says that when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you enter into a race with the finish line being heaven and the journey that we are on right now being the race that is set before you. And so we just talked about how do you run that race well. At the mark of an athlete at all is that he wants to compete and he wants to do it well, right? I mean, it's typically the, the non-athletic guy or the guy who does not want to be in, uh, on the track or in the field or, or wherever he is is the fact that he's, he's just not much of an athlete. And that's the same thing that goes here. The mark typically of a Christian or of a follower of Christ is they want to follow. They want to run the race well. So we've, for the past two weeks, we talked about the first week of laying aside things that slow us down. And we camped out at Hebrews 12, and we said, man, there are things that are, are going to weigh you down. There's certain things that will slow and hinder you, and that will cost you as you run this race. Some of them are sin, and some of them are not. Some of them are just uh, a relationship that's going to cost you a lot. Some of them is too much time playing video games, or too much time on your phone, or, or just being disrespectful to your parents. You are going to suffer in the way that you run this race. If you do not lay those things aside. And so we talked about that. Then we talked about uh, the next week of looking at the example. And if you remember, I brought a javelin in here and I showed some, some clips of what it looked like to throw a javelin. And we, we showed good examples and bad examples. And so we just said, man, the Bible tells us you fix your eyes on the right example before you. You want to know how you run the race? You want to know how you run it well? You look to Christ, the author, the perfecter of our faith, the champion of our faith. And so we said, man, you just watch how he lived. Watch how he trained. In the same way that I would watch, I want to play like Michael Jordan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch how he trains. I'm going to watch what he eats, when he wakes up, how he does all these things. And man, I'm going to run like that. And you're going to see those results. I, uh, I, I had a friend in college named Chad Brown who was an all-American javelin thrower. And, and Chad was, uh, he was a, a good dude I spent a lot of time with every day. And, and so we're in training all the time. And all the time we would talk about not only the right training, but how do you endure in this race? Because every day we had practiced three hours. You're waking up and you have practice in the morning. You have tutoring at night. You have uh, people watching what you eat. I mean, it is just, it is a challenge. It's not easy. And so we, we all the time would have to remind ourselves, hey, what are we doing this for? What is this about? That we were... Uh, privilege to be a part of the team, on the team, and the joy that you get and the reward on the medal stand, and even just along the journey, far outweighs anything that you're losing. That what you gain is way better than what you lose. So we just reminded ourselves of that all the time. Man, when we got tired and we were like, I would love to be at the pool instead of practicing for three hours today, you fix your eyes on that. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about this morning. As the Bible says in, in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, we've, we've kind of been camped out there. Might you throw that up there? And it basically says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and hindrance, every sin that clings so closely. And so we talked about that the first week. How there's things we've got to lay aside because they're going to slow you down on the race. And then, and then we talked about how do you do that? By looking, running with endurance, the race before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And so what we talked about is looking to Jesus, but it's not only enough to look at the example of how he ran, but what motivated him, what fueled him day in and day out 
to run that race. If I want to run the mile really well, I can, I can train with a mile and I can run with him all the time. And I say, man, I want to run like that guy. So I begin waking up and I'm running with him and I'm eating like he eats and I'm doing all these different things. and I'm devoting my life in the same way that he has devoted his life. But here's the deal. At some point, it's going to get really hard and I'm going to get really tired. So it's not enough to not only know how he runs, how he trains, but you got to fix your eyes on what he fixes his eyes on to run well. And so in the, it, r- right here, what we see is Christ, the way that he endured the cross, the way that he lived this life, the champion of our faith, not only looking at his example, but what fueled it was that he looked at the joy set before him. And he basically said, man, what I gain is way better than anything that I could lose. And I think that's how we run the race too. I think that we fix our eyes on the joy that is set before us. And we endure. I mean, if you want to run the race, you've got to fix your eyes on what, what you're fighting for, what you're running for. And that's going to sustain you. And so we're just talking about the, the joy set before us. And, and I think these are kind of divided into two camps. I think there's joys to, to come in heaven. But, but I don't think that's it. I think there's joys right now. I think there's joys in this life that if you will fix your eyes on them right now and you'll fix your eyes on the joys to come, you will run this race well and you will see endurance because it is hard. If you want to run this race, it is hard. It really is. Every day, day after day. And so how do you do it? Man, we fix our eyes on that joy. And so the first one was just joys today. We, uh, we see Joyce today, and, and I, I think as I thought these out, there are, there are hundreds, literally. There are more than I could cover in one morning. There's more than we could cover in a hundred mornings here at Wake. But there are joys that are set before you in this life right now, exceeding abundant joys that flood the lives of those who pursue them. And so here's, here's one of the first ones, joy and doing what you were made for. Genesis 1 tells us that we were made in the image of God, that we were made to bear God's image. And so you are, you are made to be a reflection of God. You are made to, uh, uh, to radiate and reflect to the world around you God and his goodness, his greatness, his qualities. And when you shy away from doing what you were made for, man, there is no life there and there's no joy there. It's like the sun and the moon. If the sun, uh, the moon, everybody knows the, the moon has no light apart from the sun, right? So the moon reflects onto earth the light of the sun. It reflects light everywhere it goes, but it does it because of the sun that's, that's flowing through it. Make sense? In the same way, if the moon moves so far away from the sun that it no longer reflects the light it was intended to reflect, it disappears and becomes nothing. And you were made for this. You were created in the image of God. You are distinct from all creation. Your purpose was established before the foundations of the world, and you were made for this. And there is joy when you do what you were made for. Here's, here's a clip that shows exactly kind of this idea. It's a runner in the 1924 Olympics named Eric Little, and, and basically it's, it's from a movie, Chariots of Fire, which you should watch if you haven't seen it. But uh, in this movie, he basically was a missionary in China, and he came to run, and he made it to the Olympics. And his sister said, you need to go back. We, we need to leave. You shouldn't run these things. And he says, man, when I do what, what I was created for, I was created with a purpose. 
And when I do what I think God made me for, I feel his pleasure flowing through me. And I'm telling you, and I promise you, if you have not experienced it, there is joy in doing what you were made for. Micah, play this clip. Watch out for a little. Coach says no problem. He's got something to prove, something personal, something guys like Coach will never understand in a million years. Says in the old book, he that honors me, I will honor. Good luck, Jackson Shores. come from to see the race to its end from within God made me for a purpose. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. faces when he runs. But did you see the guy at the end, the, the last clip of a man just staring at him, if you saw that? That was a guy named Abraham. He was a competitor against him, which is just getting off on a tangent. But Abraham was looking at him because Abraham also was running the race, and he was miserable. So he was trying to run it, but he wasn't focused, and he wasn't fueled by the joy of running the race. So he couldn't understand how did he live like he lives, how did he run like he runs? And, and Eric, which is the one who just won that race, fixed his eyes on the joy and the pleasure of running the race well, of doing what he was made for. Uh, some more. So you're, uh, another fuel and another joy that you have in this life, uh, Paul's going to tell us in Philippians uh, 3 that there is an enormous amount of joy that comes just from knowing his Lord and Savior. That he had gained all these things, and anything that I had gained before, I count as loss, all for the sake of just knowing Christ, my Lord. That there is an enormous amount of joy in just knowing God. 
the creator of everything that you will touch, eat, enjoy, lean up against. Anyone that you'll talk to, the creator of all things, he says, man, I want to talk to you, John Carswell. I want to have a relationship with you, Hannah Beckwith. I want, I want to know you, David Marvin. I want to spend time with you. And Paul says, man, there is incredible joy just in that, that anything else I had, I lay behind, because there's so much joy in knowing this Lord of the universe. There is so much joy in this life. There's joy in being a part of the team, just like uh, in track. There was, there was joy in being just the honor and privilege of being a part of that team. Some of you guys are in some uh, AP class. You're in an honors group, or you're in a gifted and talented, we called it when I was a kid. There's, there's honor, even though there's, there's hardship, or there's things that come with that, responsibilities. Man, there is joy in being a part of that. There's joy in having a father who loves you, and you know that, and you experience that who wants to bless you. But he doesn't want to bless you with, with being really popular or having a really attractive, ungodly boyfriend. Man, he wants to bless you in ways that will last and the ways that a good father would. There is joys in running this way as well, that he has given you his word, that joys in studying his word, that joys on and on and on, all, all over the place. There is joys in this life that he says, look, I, I'm the author of life. I know where the best life ever could be lived. And here's the deal. I'm going to give you a book and give you instructions on how to live so that you might be prosperous and successful. Man, there is joy. And there's joy in, in, still to come. There's joy that awaits those who trust in the name of the Lord. And it's in heaven. Inexpressible. Uh, undefinable, beyond even what your human understanding could, could completely, in fact, all throughout Revelation, when, when uh, John is, uh, John, the book of Revelation is, John's in heaven, essentially, so he's experiencing the unfolding of the events to come, and, and you see the same thing in Daniel, in the Old Testament, when Daniel begins to describe the heavenly realm, and here's what he, here's what he does, he says, it's like this, there's nothing that we have on earth to even compare it to, but it's like this. It's like this. And then I saw, uh, I saw seraphim with, with hair that was like this. I don't even know what else to describe it as. And his eyes were burning, blazing like fire, like this. There's nothing I can even describe it with. It was so magnificent. Beyond, think of the greatest thing you could ever imagine. And it is well beyond that. Well beyond, there's indescribable inexpressible joy, and you fix your eyes on that. You fix your eyes on the prize that lies ahead of you because what you gain far outweighs what you'll lose. And so, and so this week, and we're going we're gonna to trust and we want God to fuel us so that we have the strength to endure. And so the application for this week, what we want you guys to do is just go talk to three people. Talk to three older people and ask them, man, it is hard life. I promise you, if you have a, a mom, dad, a cousin, uncle, brother, anyone who has walked the Christian life for more than an hour, you're going to quickly find out, man, it is hard. It is. That God calls you to come follow him, and it's not always easy. It is joy-filled, but it is not always easy. And so go ask him, mom, how, did, how have you been doing this for 10 years? How do you allow it to affect how you raise your kids, how you spend your money? How do you keep doing this? You devote time every day to reading. How do you keep going? What gives you the strength to endure?
three believers. Everybody got that? Three? Everybody? Can anybody do it? Anybody know three older believers? Does anybody not know three older believers? No? If you don't, or if you, if you don't want to go home and do it, do it here. Just pick out three really tall people in the room right now and ask them, man, how do you do it? How do you keep running this race? It is hard. It really is. But what you gain, I promise, far outweighs what you will lose. It is far better in this life and the next. And I promise you, if you fix your eyes on that, you are going to run it well. I promise. And so if you don't believe me, go ask three older believers. Even if you do believe me, go ask three older believers and say, why has, has the life that you have chosen and the life that you live day in and day out, why do you keep doing what you do? How has God proved himself faithful? What gives you strength to go on? Three older believers. How has what you've gained been better than what you've lost? And so fix your eyes on the joy set before you. I, I was out in, the, uh, in my, my yard yesterday throwing a javelin, which I'm sure made all the neighbors around really curious what the spear guy was doing. But, so I'm out in the yard, and I'm, I'm throwing this thing. I hadn't thrown it in a while and, and really wasn't planning on it, but it was just such a nice day. So I'm throwing this javelin, and, and I've lost everything. If you, if you haven't played sport for uh, a while and, and you just try to pick it back up, you can kind of do it. You can probably do it better than most people around you, but you cannot perform anywhere near like you used to be able to, right? Anybody ever lifted weights or run in here before? And so you lift and, and you run a mile and you're training for a marathon and then you just go try to run a marathon after you haven't run for a year? It's going to be pretty hard, right? Same thing if you get underneath a squat rack or a bench rack and, and you know, you, you haven't done anything for a while. It's not Jordan, but, um, and, and you haven't done lifting weights for some time, you won't be as strong as you once were. And so here's the deal. When I was throwing in college, what I fixed my eyes on was the joy and the reward that was set before me, and now it's gone. It was taken. So I don't train like I used to. I don't live like I used to. I don't uh, go about my life in the same way that I used to because that reward is gone. So I have no reason to be out throwing a javelin for three hours a day. But here's the deal. God promises you, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The inheritance that awaits you is imperishable, undefiled. It is being guarded, First Peter says. It will never leave. It will never lose. And the race continues. So you fix your eyes on that. And you run, I promise you, the joy that fills your life far outweighs anything you could lose. Isaiah, in, in 700 BC, this is so many years ago, this is 2,700 years ago, he writes uh, basically, and, and he says, those who wait and hope on the Lord, if you put your hope and you put your trust and that he's going to deliver, you trust in him, you put your faith in him, he will not let you grow weary. That it, it literally says, the Lord is the everlasting God of all the earth. He is unsearchable. He does not grow weary or faint. And that even youth, even young people like you and me, they grow tired, but God does not. So you put your hope, you put your trust, you focus on him, and he will not let you grow weary. That you will mount up on wings like eagles, it says. You will run, and you'll run this race, but you won't grow tired. So we fix our eyes on the joy today. 
and the joy to come. I'm going to pray, and then David's going to come up and announce us all. Heavenly Father, I pray for endurance. I pray for my brothers and sisters in the room right now, and I, I pray for myself, and I pray that you would allow me and that you'd allow us all to focus on the joy that you give us. That when we love you, it's, it's not burdensome, and it's not a bunch of tasks that are set in line, but we are able to perform, and we perform with incredible amount of joy the race before us, the race that's on. So God, fix our eyes, knowing that what we gain far outweighs what we could ever lose, that you're so much better. So remind us of that today and tomorrow. We love you and we thank you for Christ. And it's because of the cross that he endured and because he despised the shame, because he focused on the joy before him, we can now focus on the joy before us. We pray all these things in his good name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, David. Let's uh, clap for David last three weeks.